This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am flying solo this this Monday's podcast, so uh, apparently Polly Cupcakes has something better to do. I don't know. He's MIA, but uh, he will return to us on Thursday. At which point we will cover league news, which trust me, we understand there's been a plenty. Uh, Injury, suspensions, coaches getting fired. Um, The Capitals have played four games by that point. Uh, We'll review all of them and, and get that stuff to you on Thursday. So this week there won't be any segments uh, or think pieces, but... Uh, I think that you will be very pleased with what we have instead. So, the Hockey Podcast Network, with all of their in all of their glory, has gotten us a awesome interview spot with Adriana Mags, who is the director of the movie Goalie. It's an expose on Terry Sawchuk. It's a great sports movie, though it may not fit your initial thought as to what a sports movie is. So. Definitely go check that movie out. It's on. It's going to come out on DVD and digital release on February the 25th. Absolutely worth the watch. It's great to see, you know, a lot of detail into the life of Terry Sawchuk. Not just the numbers and the uh, accomplishments of what of of arguably the best goaltender ever, but actually a look into his personal life, and, um, you know, how how he kind of was on and off the ice. So without further ado, here is our interview with Adriana Mags, the director of Goalie. Hey, Caps fans, it's me, the Hockey Troll. I'm joined by Adriana Mags, who is the director of the film Goalie, which is a look into the life of Terry Sawchuk, a legendary goalie. Um, you know, while this is a sports movie, it's a bit different than what you may envision as the quote-unquote quintessential sports movie. So, uh, Adriana, thanks a lot for coming on to the Caps Chirp podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like I was telling you in the pre-interview here, I, I watched the movie twice. Um, I think it's awesome. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, really any hockey fan would benefit from, from, from watching it. So, you know, the DVD and digital release of this film is February 25th. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that, and you can see it on your television somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> right. So <laughs> you can look it up. I'm sure it'll be like on Amazon and things like that. You know, I saw a buzz for this movie really briefly last year because it has been released in a limited release in like up north in Canada and things right like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 
so like, awesome. Don't watch that hockey movie in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and Kiri so, Tachagavitz, he was Canadian. He was born in Winnipeg, but he played most of his career for the Detroit Red Wings. So. Right. Exactly. So, you know, Terry, if, uh, you know, Caps fans, we're, we're a little bit of a newer organization than the uh, original six. Uh, but, you know, Terry Sawchuk was considered one of the best goalies in history, if not the best goalie in history. Uh, as Adriana said, Canadian professional goalie, played 21 seasons in the NHL for the Red Wings, the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the LA Kings, and the Rangers. Um, he spent a lot, most of his time with the Red Wings and, and won the most with them, even though he did win a cup with the Leafs. Uh, he won a Calder, earned the Vesna Trophy in four different seasons, a four-time Stanley Cup champion, Elected to the Hall of Fame the year after his final season, one of only 10 players ever uh, to whom the three-year three, three year waiting period was waived. And at the time of his death, Sawchuk was an all-time leader among NHL goalies with 447 wins, 103 shutouts. Now, that shutout streak, uh, that shutout record lasted until Marty Brodeur broke it, um, and he didn't break it by a lot. So, you know, um, this was, and this was all in an area era when goalies wore hard leather pads, 35 pounds of gear on them, um, soaking wet. They're primarily stand up goalies and, you know, they didn't even wear masks. So the original badasses of the sport, you could say. Oh, definitely. And I just, you know, I don't even know how fast those pucks were coming at them and their job was to get in front of it, even if it meant that you know, their bones were going to break. That is braver than I am for sure. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. I mean, um, and, and without a mask, you know, I play beer league to this day. Um, and mm -hmm. I will not go out on the ice when like other people are holding sticks without, without the cage on. I, I won't, I refuse to, you know, I won't even go out there with, the, with the visor. That's, that's too little protection for me, especially no. with the the rum dums I skate with. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, uh, and why would you, I mean, there, it's just not worth it. Right. 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 What, what, what convinced him? I mean, and, and it wasn't a lot of money even at the time, I guess it was kind of the glory of it, but like what convinced him to go there night after night? I mean, that's really what we're trying to explore in the movie is what did he get out of this? Because it slaughtered him, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And um, I have a bunch of questions that we'll touch on, on about that later, but um, in this, this movie, um, and this is correct me if I'm wrong, but in 2008 night work, the saw Chuck poems, is a book of poetry written by your father, Randall Max. That's is right. that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yes. And, and was this this movie was based kind of off that or inspired at least by it? It was. It was um it was my sister and I were really proud of our dad. And you know, we were reading this book and he'd kind of written it. It it said it's poetry. Well, my dad's interesting with poetry. It's kind of like there it's a lot of the poems, quote unquote poems, are interviews with uh, players that he okay. just kind of, yeah, like he kind of just sat back and listened and tried to kind of reflect the way that they spoke without interfering too much. And they aren't necessarily interviews that you'd find on, you know, kind of watching, you know, sports documentary or anything like that. It's like, it's their interviews that, that, these guys are older now and they've had so many years to reflect on their own career as well as Terry's career. A lot of these guys are passed away now right. since he 
since we since he wrote the book and they just were they were so beautiful like they were these warriors at one time in their lives and and now <laughs> they're kind of it's older and just it's kind of sad and amazing to kind of hear what they had to say so we were haunted by this book like we just thought it was beautiful and a different kind of sports book certainly i was like dad you have no market like people like poetry <laughs> people who like sports it's not a like that's a small intersection right (laughs) yeah sure sure absolutely yeah um oh go ahead oh yeah but but you know he he was gonna write what he was gonna write and so then we we wanted to we said well why don't my sister's a screenwriter as well and we were like why don't we make this our next project so we wrote the screenplay together no, that's great because uh, – and you kind of answered my follow-up question and now oh. that you've said that and because I unfortunately haven't read the uh, the the poetry because like you said, sports fan, po- poetry uh, reader, kind of that intersection did miss me. Um, <laughs> but um, the it, it makes a lot of sense in how the movie is shot because you have you know you're, a lot of actors that are standing in as like older – you know it's almost like it's in today's time and they're talking back about Terry in the movie. Um, so, you know, I, my, my question was going to be like, how did you translate that po- the poetry collection into film? Um, and and it, that's it, one way, right? It's funny. Cause it is, it's hard to, we didn't realize how hard it would be to, because I, I guess, you know, what we, a lot of the elderly gentlemen who were talking, um, as, as if they're interviews, those are actually were the words from the poems, and they're the words that those gentlemen actually spoke. And they don't, you know, there's a lot more in the book. So we kind of took the characters that we wanted because we couldn't have all of them, and we took, you know, the most, I think, telling bits of dialogue. Sure. Um, but then we did also, we ended up optioning a second book, which is David Dupuis' um, authorized biography on Terry Sawchuk that hit the family, his family authorized, not him, obviously, because okay. it was after his death. And then, and so that we did have a kind of a biography, like a straight up biography that told the events of his life, because that there's something so ethereal about my dad's book, we needed something else, you know? Right, right. And, and you kind of marry those two things together. Um, that, that's awesome. And, and it's really cool that now that I'm getting to talk to you, that, that I'm really seeing how that, how that worked. And I, I think it was done really well, expertly done. So, so props for oh, that. So kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so, uh, moving on to actually Terry himself, you know, at the beginning of the movie, you kind of go into his childhood and, and really not to spoil it, but, um, it, it did not seem pleasant, did not seem like it was a pleasant existence, uh, in general, you know, his family life was a hard and kind of tough upbringing and you guys did a great job of conveying how the family was in general, um, you know, and how the death of Terry's older brother, Mitch, really affected him. You know, do you think that this type of upbringing and how like his, his, he wasn't really bonded too closely and the person he really was bonded, bonded with was hit, taken away from him at a very young age, how he kind of, how it kind of affected how he dealt with stress and things and, and relationships like with Jack Adams, who's played by Kevin Pollock. 
um, yeah, that Jack Adams listeners, the Jack Adams, um, <laughs> you know, how, how he's kind of dealt with that relationship and, and how he was moved around and things like that. Yeah. I almost feel like when you lose somebody that you care about that much at that young an age, maybe it kind of stops you from, from trusting that you can connect to people as easily. And I think that he also felt, and I mean, this is from other people's, you know, recollections that, mm-hmm. uh, that he also felt that maybe his parents thought that his brother was um, the kind of the one to depend on the better one. He was going to be the goalie. And, um, and then I wonder if that affected his decision to become that. Um, and, and that he always felt like that his parents would love him if he stopped the puck. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's a lot of pressure. I also, I think that, I do think that um, he all of a sudden in Jack Adams, he had this person that was so charismatic and seemed to value him so much when he shattered his bones to get keep the puck out of the net. And, right. and so I wonder, did, you know, our choice was to explore that he kind of misinterpreted the team as a, as another family. And so, you know, it was that much more devastating when, when he was traded. Right. No. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I took it too. Um, absolutely. It seems like he almost had, since he didn't have a lot of support growing up, really, uh, he really, once Jack Adams kind of reached out and, and, and was kind of like the cool supportive guy, um, you know, he, he really latched on and, and maybe misconstrued his Jack Adams's actions or, you know, or maybe Jack Adams kind of played on that a little bit, um, right. you know, yeah. to, uh, take advantage of the situation and, and really kind of, uh, use him for what it was worth and then ship him off and then be like, well, that's just business, you know? I mean, we didn't, we didn't go in, into what's this, the movie net worth, I think is, is the movie about Jack Adams and the unions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyone who doesn't know about Jack Adams knows that he was a bit calculated, you know, he was, um, it was about the bottom line for him. Now I think Kevin Pollock played it beautifully. And I think that Kevin, Kevin brought, uh, humanity to that role um, so that he wasn't just this arch nemesis kind of guy but um (laughs) right (laughs) like you you know but uh yeah I mean he tried to break those unions he wouldn't you know what I mean there's a whole other story about Jack Adams that people can find it's I think the movie's called Network gotcha yeah and you touch on it briefly in in the uh in the film so you know and then I, you know, I guess the takeaway is that, you know, Jack Adams was, was at the core of it, a businessman and at some points yeah. maybe ruthless. Yeah. And, and, and may, and, and that's the thing is that he also wasn't, he wasn't the big boss. And I think that we kind of try and go into that a little bit as his job was always on the line too. So I guess it's just like a dominoes really, isn't it? Right. Like a dog eat dog world, huh? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little on the lighter side, an interesting fact is that you cast your own son as Mitch Sawchuk. Is that right? Uh-huh. <laughs> no. I didn't want to. <laughs> he really wanted to do it, and he's been <laughs> acting. Um, 
And he, yeah, he wanted to do it. It was really weird, though, to do that. Yeah, well, so that, the follow-up was that that Mitch saw Chuck. And again, this is I don't think this spoils anything, but uh, Mitch dies very early in the film. And I thought your son did a great job of playing him. Um, but, you know, <laughs> did it feel kind of good to kill your own son on film? I mean, was he really a bad kid or what? <laughs> He's actually a really good kid, but <laughs> and I'm like I'm I'm a real worrier of a mother. I'm just terrible. Like, <laughs> I, like I always like I can I I track him on on a phone app, and he really hates that. Uh oh. Uh, I don't. I I, sorry, I never look at this, but if you okay. got kidnapped, I'd know where you were. He was like, I'm never gonna get kidnapped and stop trying to scare me and stop watching Dateline NBC. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's hilarious no i i i i picked up on that like just doing some research for this interview and i th- i thought that was that was pretty funny you know i'm sure that i i mean i have a daughter myself so i'm I'm sure that every kid or every parent at one point is just like you know i could kill you you know <laughs> like to their kid you know but not i really just want me. you to know and here i am doing it in a movie <laughs> yeah right exactly exactly this this is how it could happen right <laughs> this is one way i'll just do, i'm gonna do it in every movie i make <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> how old is your daughter um she is four yeah oh my so, gosh yeah so it's it's the young young uh it's the best age though that's the funnest funnest things come out of her mouth oh absolutely i mean she's already like outsmarting me at every turn so yeah that's a <laughs> bit of a blow to the ego but uh <laughs> in any case yeah <laughs> Um, it is. It's just gonna. It's like just fun from here. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm worried about how what happens when they grow up. So you know, just trying to take it day by day at this point. I find it just goes from stage to stage. Like they get over one stage and then they go into something totally equally as terrifying, <laughs> right, <laughs> but <right>. different. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um. <clears throat> so, you know. Uh, I, I, Terry Sawchuk, you know, he, he pioneered this very low crouching style. Um, and in the movie, him and his brother coined this phrase, like, you know, stay low, stay forward. Um, mm-hmm. you know, big part of his success, but also contributed to his terrible back pains. And, yeah. um, you know, along with, with that crouching style and taking pucks to the face and the body, um, you know, and then some off ice accidents, um, you know, couple his physical and mental ailments and you get a pretty tortured existence i mean uh wouldn't you think i think so yeah i don't really it's funny you don't hear a lot about whether or not um he was taking painkillers and i don't to be honest with you i don't even know really what the status of painkillers was at the time um Right. Like now a doctor would have him on Oxycontin and he, you know, he might be struggling with addiction or something like that. But, but right, I don't right. really know what it was then. But I do think that uh, alcohol was something that he actually, it wasn't just to escape whatever was going through his mind, but also it was kind of um, killing the pain physically, you know, like a self-medicate self-medicating kind of thing yeah absolutely and i mean um it's been pretty well documented that he was a pretty heavy drinker and and really kind of did it to like you said probably self-medicate a lot um and you know we touched on this briefly just in the beginning of the interview but like 
as as legendary as Terry Sawcheck was, even during his time, he wasn't like a millionaire. You know, he wasn't a rich person. Is that is that right? Like the money wasn't really there for the NHL players, especially him. Goalies, right? Yeah, it just no, and 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 there was only one per team, so they just they didn't have any relief, and they weren't getting paid. And it, it's true that they went on um, exhibition games when they were out of the playoffs or over the summer. Uh, exhibition games. I remember it was like twenty five bucks a game. I'm not sure exactly. What yeah, the, the movie that yeah are. the uh, the the Bruins captain. <laughs> He's like, we're getting twenty five dollars a game, boys. So I know. Yeah, I know. It's not just that that was the the fifties or the yeah the fifties when twenty five dollars would have been, I guess, a lot more. But it's like it, that's also all they could have expected because they just weren't paid the way the athletes are paid today. You know. Right. And, and it's crazy, you know, I mean, we get that they probably weren't making millions, but even to live a decent life, you know, some of them, they literally were paycheck to paycheck, you know, uh, that on top of being one of six goalies in the entire league that mm-hmm. has to, you know, really weigh, I mean, and I think you guys showed it, it has to really weigh a lot on, on that person to, and, and to be, <laughs> you know, to, to get, uh, injury and go back into the game because you're afraid that the guy getting called up is going to take your spot. Yeah, exactly. One of six spots. And I think that, I think Jack Adams did play on, uh, like play on his emotions that way too. Right. Right. Cause he always had it. He always had Glenn Hall, who was the goalie that ended up, that did end up replacing him, but he would always be like, okay if you're hurt we'll call up glenn hall so he would play hurt because he didn't want jack to see glenn hall have a great game and and then jack will get it in his head to to replace him which he eventually did right so i think it was a vicious circle of that he would get injured he would play injured and i think he would get angry you know what i mean and then he would drink to kind of kill that pain and then he would you know you're not sleeping well if you're drinking and you're not you know you're feeling not well and then you're playing again and I feel like he just got into something that he couldn't get out of yeah Mm -hmm. I mean definitely a vicious cycle and and if if uh the listeners don't know I mean um he uh Terry Sawchuk passed away when he was 40 after a bit of a drunken fight with uh a teammate on the Rangers and and it burst his gallbladder and they Mm -hmm. once they got in they saw his liver was so damaged likely from his lifestyle you know um and that's what he eventually succumbed to so uh i mean i i get what you're saying it's a it's a vicious cycle to say the least right and that's not even i mean this is not a movie about cte and that kind of stuff that they're finding now right but it can't really be a movie about that because they didn't, they weren't identifying that at all at the time. But I do wonder, you know what I mean? When you look at players now and when you look at kind of those brain scans and stuff like that, like I do wonder what is, what his brain may have looked like, you know? And I wonder if he was suffering from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, he, he definitely took shots off the face. I mean, Everybody has seen the Times uh, cover where that's makeup done, um, but it was makeup done to try to map out all of the times he'd been cut by a puck, and they ran out of room eventually on his face. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's I, I would imagine that getting hit that many 
that many times in the head uh, would would affect you in some way. Um, you know, and, and it's 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 funny that you touch on that, that this isn't a CTE movie, but, you know, what was the kind of message that you were trying to achieve with this movie? You know, like, um, you know, even like uh, the brightest stars sometimes harbor like the darkest personal lives. And it's uh, definitely more of a transcendent movie than just like, hey, Terry Sawchuk was was an amazing goalie. So, I mean, what you have any like personal or, you know, what were you guys trying to trying to convey here? Well, I think we wanted to make a different kind of sports movie. I think I think that we're all uh, over the kind of Pleasantville sports movie where the heroes win the game at the end, and that's supposed <laughs> to mean that that everything's great. Um, we've seen that one a lot, and I and I, you know I think we've just grown as as movie watchers, storytellers, that we want to see the fact that you know victories. He had many. He had more than most. And they could only quell that haunted soul so much before he's chasing it to, to try and, and, and let, it, let it make him happy again. And I'm sure that the fans cheering in the audience could silence his self-doubt and his you know emotional pain for a little while, but eventually it couldn't. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. And, and I, I do think, and this is one of the things that my father's book allowed me to see. I do think that this is a hopeful and redemptive story about that. He kind of finds some kind of peace and, and happiness with himself. But I, I, I don't think that's because he won the cup. I think it's because, you know, I think it. We, he had to earn that a little more, and he had to earn it with some soul searching a little more. Um, and maybe that's the hopeful part. I don't want to kind of give away the ending. Not that there's right. a huge, <laughs> that's not <laughs> no. the sixth sense or anything, but right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and yeah. Uh, yeah, like I mean, um, I, I'm with you on that. Like uh, it, it, um, and then again, we're, we're not going to try not to give away anything at least. But uh, you know, with with I liked the movie because, like I said, it transcended. It's not just like, hey, the good guys went out and they won and, you know, like a miracle type movie where, you know, USA beat Russia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking uh, in the pre-interview here, like how uh, I don't think that if you were to come out and make a movie about – uh, really documenting the gameplay of that era that NHL fans and hockey fans today would have found that terribly entertaining because the today's game is a lot faster. There's a lot more skill, you know, they did, they have things like, you know, curved stick blades, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. yeah, you know, like technology and the human body has come so far, you know, guys aren't smoking darts before games and then going out and playing, <laughs> you know, you know, things like that. Um, I don't think that it would have, and, and you do show now, I'm not saying that you don't show any action in this movie. You really do. Um, uh, but it's not like, um, I guess like a miracle or like, like you had said, like the, the, the movies from, from the eighties where there was just a lot of action packed, I guess, in game action. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I mean, we did, we talked about kind of how are we going to show this, but it's not going to look like a hockey game today because it's not. And then, you know, myself and the DP kind of looked at a lot of old hockey. Um, and there's 
very specific angles that we would have shot it from, but they wouldn't have been close to the ice. You know what I mean? They would have been up and up and up. And I just, we kind of did one of those. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think we can do this because anyway, our decision in the end, it was a slower game and to, to kind of try and make it seem like it was a faster game would be manipulative. So in in the end, what we really wanted to to do was stick the camera on Terry's face, Mark O'Brien's face um, and try and try and try and show that, pressure that he was under as he was watching this puck come closer and come closer and then and you know he wants to stop it but he doesn't really want it to come flying at him you know what i mean and <laughs> right, everyone's right. gonna hate him if he loses and everyone's gonna love him if he wins so it's just that was what we decided to kind of show i i mean i loved the editing the hockey was really fun Oh, I bet. And, and about the, uh, I mean, you guys did a lot of good research and you could tell through the movie because, you know, there's one scene that I really liked, which is kind of like a, like a, maybe if you're sitting in the first five rows and it gives you like the shot of the scoreboard of the time, um, and the old Olympia and it's a Belova, um, dials, you know, with arms, like an old clock. Um, yeah. not no digital screens there because, you know, they weren't invented yet or they were, you know, that wasn't viable technology. Um, no, exactly. yeah. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that, uh, it was a really good little attention to detail. Um, you know, showing I love up. that you picked up that, that, what, who was looking at that? Cause that was always a struggle for us. It's like, I don't know who's looking at this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's not on the stands. Yeah. Right, right. It looked like from the stands, and and back yeah. then, you know, plexiglass wasn't really a thing. You know, it hadn't that probably hadn't been invented yet. Uh, you know, it was like kind of a chain link fence or like a uh, kind of a mesh netting. Um, no, I, I thought it was, it was that, that was a perfect shot. I loved it. I feel like it was fifty-seven when the Detroit Olympia got plexiglass. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was in and around there, but we, but it was because he did, uh, Terry Sajak went over the fence after a fan. Right. Um, so he, that's probably why they got plexiglass. They're like, we gotta, <laughs> he'd never be able to climb over that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, and it's crazy how many instances of hockey, actually pro players running into the stands that there are, I mean, NBC's only or own Mike Milbury hit a guy with a shoe, you know, um, and that was that was like in the eighties, I'm pretty sure. So where did you know, he get a shoe? <laughs> he ripped it off a guy and hit him on the head with it. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. Sometimes fans are mean. Like I, I've been to. I don't know about you. But I've been to games where I just can't. It's awful. Like fans are oh, yeah. really torturous. Yeah. Um. You know. I. I I think hockey fans are the worst. <laughs> if I'm yeah. being completely honest, they're uh, they're real brutal and 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 outspoken. So, uh, you know, I when I say the worst, you know, the worst in good ways, but also in really bad, I guess. Uh, because uh, yeah, I've I mean, some of the things that I've heard come out of hockey hockey fans' mouths are just you know reprehensible. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like there's this attitude of like, well, they make so much money, they should be. You know, they should be accountable or whatever. But the truth is, you know, this was going on when Thierry was playing in, you know, in the 50s when they weren't making any money. So it really probably has nothing to do with that. Right. Right. You just you just think that you're protected because you're a bystander behind a wall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you kind of see that a lot with. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. It's not that because they're not going 100 miles per hour. But I remember it's like in a in the car, someone's someone's yelling at you from a car. They're 100 mile per hour hero. When we used to say that because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you couldn't get them. <laughs> right. Right. So, so exactly. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, you know, going back to to you know, I guess another thing about the film that I I liked is that, you know, like with insider news. Uh, and and news of celebrities and athletes really coming to the forefront with how technology is and how no one has privacy anymore. You really do give a really good inside look at like how Tarasovchuk was, you know, look at a legend really, his his personal life and his um his on ice and off ice persona as well, you know. Um Right. And we yeah, it's true. It's it's almost like we've made him <laughs> a modern day you know what i mean like that much of his life is exposed so maybe that's not a great thing but to be (laughs) honest with you his (laughs) but his um his family uh who supported the biography of him you know that did kind of told the whole truth and uh and his his ex-wife pat or his wife pat said it was important to her that people saw the whole truth because she didn't want the story portrayed as this kind of glossy um you know could do no wrong man uh and if it helped wives of hockey players and if it helped people you know see that they were in difficult relationships so that meant a lot to us you know what i mean yeah we we didn't have the nhl uh supporting us but we did have that family so that was good no no i i I get it um you know um unfortunately there's been nhl players who have done varying degrees of of bad things to their spouses you know in recent times Mm -hmm. so uh i think that you know i've and i've talked about it a lot on on my podcast on on this podcast really is it uh you know it'd be nice to see um the NHL take a little bit more, you know, it, uh, the NHL has kind of made its niche kind of as a, at least on the surface, a progressive league, right? You know, hockey mm-hmm. is for everyone, things like that. It'd be nice if they took a little bit of a harder stance on, you know, when players act out, domestic violence, things like that. Um, so I'm 100% with you on that one. Um, <clears throat> I just think I mean, nobody really buys that kind of shiny image branding anymore and it is it's what you're saying it's social media and it's like celebrities don't have a lot of privacy and if there's anything that's good that came out of that it is that we do know um how people are being treated by these kind of celebrities behind the scenes and if it's if you want to keep kind of denying that that's true well okay nhl go ahead but (laughs) right no one's believing it you know no one kind of buys it so you're right it would be good if there was just some kind of admission. Yeah, they didn't, that when we, when they did read the script and they said, oh, well, we protect our own. So they didn't think that uh, the script was protecting of Terry Sasha. But I felt like, I felt like this script was loving of him and seeing him as a whole person with his dark sides, but also really trying to figure out what was going on and sympathetic and admitting that somebody isn't just kind of black or white or, you know, kind of bad or good. So I hope that it was respectful and loving of him, you know? 
Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I think it was. Um, I don't think that you steamrolled him or railroad him in any way. I think that it was an honest, objective kind of uh, portrayal. So, uh, at least for this uh, this viewer, uh, you can you can rest assured on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so you know, we we've kind of really delved into the darker parts of the movies and the more serious, but. Uh, I um I wanted to run by uh, just a couple tidbits of funny parts of the movie and, and had some questions on that if that's all right. Sure. <laughs> so in the very opening scene, um, Terry Sawchuk's on a coroner's table, and the coroner. This is and, not funny. <laughs> right. Well, well, there is a there is one I thought, and maybe it's just morbid for me, but uh, there's a there's a funny part. while after he's done doing the examination. He's smoking a cigarette and he's, he said, you know, Buffalo, he's telling his, his assistant who's, who's, um, taking notes for him, um, right. you know, Buffalo is going to get a, a team next year. And then he kind of like wanders off and then says, you know, Buffalo, I spent a month there one night. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything against Buffalo or is no, it just kind of? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> no, that was actually my brother-in-law. <laughs> he, he read a script and he's like, and he he suggested that line. No, I love Buffalo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I just, I thought it was a good jab. I think that I just, um, uh, it definitely props to your, your brother-in-law or whatever, uh, to, for, uh, for having that put in. <laughs> I thought it was a funny line. He's um, a, he's a musician. So I, I, he actually scored the film, but he's a okay. musician. And I, oh. so I'm going to ask him, I wonder if his band spent a month in Buffalo one night. <laughs> I know they play Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and it's cool that, like, this is really a family affair then, wasn't it? I know, it was really just, like, calling in all the favors. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No doubt. That's great. Um, and uh, I, so moving on, the, the coaches and the Boston captain speeches were hilarious. You know, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're letting them come in and piss on our barn and everything smells like shit. And just, you know, just the quintessential kind of like, I guess, uh, hockey angry coach tirade. Um, and, and, you know, the, the weak captain that's trying to be cool and like, you know, get the guys going, but nobody respects like from being in a, in a locker room, you know, before I, I can relate to every single one of those situations. Um, you know, how did you guys write those? Was that like from actual historical accounts or was it like, uh, you know, you had your, your buddies who, who played hockey, like, Oh yeah, one time this <laughs> happened, you know? Um, no, well, to be honest with you, we wanted to differentiate the kind of, like if Detroit was where Terry was at home and, you know, like among friends and felt like he was part of it, we wanted to kind of um, shift the tone a little bit so that Boston seemed insane to him uh. and he felt on the outside of it. So, yeah, so poor, sorry to uh, Fern Flamin and Milt Schmidt. I, I don't <laughs> think they were as crazy. Or as, oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, no, 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 that, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, it, it, I, that, that hit, that makes a lot of sense even more now that, that you justify it or you, you position it that way. But, uh, but, um, you know, even when the, in the Detroit locker room and things like that, you know, uh, let the goalie go out first and, and all, all that, that, um, 
I felt like that was a little, it was a nice authentic touch to, to a locker room, even if it was corny, because, you know, whether yeah. hockey players will admit it or not, sometimes what their coach says is going to be corny, <laughs> you know? I know. And one of my producers, who's like, he was the biggest ho- hockey ball. He was like, uh, Adriana, obviously they're going to let the goalie go out first. You don't need to say it all the time. I'm like, it's a metaphor. <laughs> 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 right, right. <laughs> now we did hear that Boston was a wild team at the time. You know what I mean? And we did like we that it was researched to to the point of that Terry was a little alarmed. You know what I mean? And it, uh, you know, just, yeah. I just don't know that I just don't know that Coral, Fern, Flam, and Schmidt were responsible for all of it. Right. No, that makes sense because they were kind of a team that was you know, not a playoff team. They were kind of jerking around a little bit, not as serious as maybe other teams were who were more successful, you know? They were probably really fun. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then it's... I'd want to be honest. Right, right. A team that you want to run into at the bar, right? Well, God. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Um, a few years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Uh, so what was up with the foot baths? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Adams, uh, you know, he's always got his, he's always soaking his feet. Uh, what, what is that? Well, oh my God, just, you're just going to, this is terrible, but I don't remember if there's accuracy to that or not. <laughs> so this was just kind of something that you, you threw in possibly? No, I'm not sure. Well, what, what, what I, I I loved the idea. I feel like there is some truth to it, but don't let's just caveat that. Okay, but, sorry, but, I didn't mean to <laughs> put you on oh, the spot. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> um, but I I feel like it was it was we you know we wanted to it was just everything everyone was cold. So that here is Jack Adams in his kind of luxurious office and he's he's warm. And then uh, he invites Terry in and Terry <laughs> gives him like some drink, like get him some, you know, a nice like uh, a nip a of alcohol, of, yeah. A little more glamour to his life, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, and because I feel like it's true about Jack Adams and I feel like it's not necessarily accurate that Terry that he uh, did that with Terry. Okay. <laughs> I just, I thought it was, I was, it, it made me laugh. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm throwing some curveballs at you, but, uh, but you know. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, the old hockey gods are pretty well represented in this movie, and rightfully so, because that was the era that, that Sawchuck played in. Um, you know, like, you've got Rocket Richard, Selkie, Ted Lindsay, Norris, Jack Adams, even it looks like a cameo of Willie O'Ree. Um, you know, are there any Easter eggs that you hid in the movie that, you know, maybe pay homage to the history of hockey or, you know, anything that you're just a little bit of a hidden, hidden meaning type Easter egg that you threw in for personal, you know, shits and giggles, if you will. Oh, I'm just going to be in so much trouble for this, but I cannot remember who scored. It was George. I'm going to have to Google this. Um, but we had, uh, the, um, Hold on, I'm just googling a name. Okay. 
uh, so Toronto's really upset because. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh no! I imagine that. We imagine haven't won that, the cup. Right? We haven't won the cup since 1967. That game that was, um, that was portrayed there. Right. Right. <laughs> Hold on, Toronto. Uh, so I want to tell you this one little thing. It was George. What was his name? George Armstrong. Okay, so George Armstrong scored the uh, scored that goal, the winning goal for the Toronto sixty seven Cup, and he was an Indigenous man. Okay. So, so even though we had we didn't really cast uh, him, and he didn't have lines and stuff like that, we did. We had uh, a, an Indigenous pro hockey player from Sudbury who came up and he did that for us. And so when we try to recreate that play as much as we could on the little TV that Pat's watching. Right, right. And so that was important. What else do we? So then we had, um, and then, oh God, I can't remember. Well, we tried to have Red Story have red hair. I don't know. We did a few things. We it, like it was funny because the guys were pro hockey players, and then some of the background guys in the locker room. They kind of they knew who they were. You know what I mean? Like they right. were. They had their characters. Yeah, yeah, okay. like the um, and and you know the the locker room antics that that went on with uh, um the one player who had to touch everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, and, Benny White. Yeah, and then they bail on him, and and he shows up at at Sawchuck's house or like late at night, like three in the morning. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, it, someone someone was like a lawyer looked at them. They were like. Well, I don't think you should betray him as mentally ill. I was like, that was superstition. That was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that it was like seemed like mentally ill. To me. It's like what? I guess that's the outlier outside looking in on hockey players, because as we know, and if uh, if, if our, the listeners, you guys don't know, um, hockey players are incredibly superstitious. You know, I am superstitious to the point where, and this is going to sound really gross because, you know, I'm like a clapped out beer league guy, but <laughs> you know, if I, uh, if, if I go out and I have a real stinker of a game, um, mm-hmm. I will take like all of my, my, like my hockey socks, my Jersey and all that, and immediately throw it in the wash and wash it, you know, um, that's if not I, gross. that's the opposite of bro. <laughs> Well, no, the gross part is that if I'm playing good, I don't watch it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. So so. winning streak is not a good thing in your house. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's why all the hockey gear is in the basement. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. You have your own little, like, cubby in the basement. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Yeah, it's got a drying rack and everything. So, yeah, that's where where it all is. (laughs) That's good. That's great. Yeah. But yeah, no, I know. And there, there's a, there was a lot of them. There was a lot of like how many times they're going to tap their sticks and then they have to tap the little plaque that says blood is thicker than ice is. Oh my God, I'm in trouble. Ice <laughs> is thicker than blood. Wasn't right. that thicker than ice? Sorry, hockey. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just remembered that we also had, uh, we had somebody in the bar who was supposed to be Red Kelly. So we had a redheaded. Bella come in and do that for us. Oh, okay. 
Nice. We actually wanted we 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 actually wanted to have Red Kelly in the movie more, just because he was a friend of Terry's and stuff like that. And and we didn't end up. We ended up just having um, too many. There are so many speaking parts in that movie. I don't know if you noticed, but there's you know he just floated through people. So there was a lot of characters to keep track of, and so right. it kind of felt bad. But Red Kelly ended up on the chopping block there, which is too bad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure having to edit, uh, uh, I mean, we talked about me having to edit this podcast is, is more than enough work. I'm sure a full, you know, feature length film is uh, a nightmare. Well, now I had a, a wonderful editor who, who named Simone Smith. She was incredible. So she really, she had it all pieced together by the time we got back from Sudbury, Ontario, which is where we shot that film. Oh wow! Awesome. It had snow. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, you know, what is I guess la- last few questions here, just to wrap it up, make it relevant to uh, to today's uh, NHL. I guess. Uh, what's your background with hockey? Is there much there? Or uh, I know that you're probably a filmmaker first, but uh, and and being Canadian, you have <laughs> like the it's in your blood in some some way, shape, or form, right? Well, my uncle uh, dear, is Daryl Maggs, and he um, he played. He actually um, started at the WHA, but he ended up in the NHL, and he played most of his career on the Chicago Blackhawks. And my dad, who wrote the poetry book about hockey, he actually was five years older than him, and he taught him how to play. So, <laughs> nice. So that's why I think years later he can't let it go. You know, he's still like, obsessed with the hockey. So right. um yeah, so we've always I just grew up with hockey like just I get even nostalgic when I when I hear the announcers, like even if I can hear the game, because mm-hmm. it's definitely a soundtrack of my childhood growing up. Yeah, that's awesome that you had a had an uncle that uh played in the show and, and, and uh was able to uh I guess share a little bit of that with you. Now, do you have yeah, a favorite he, NHL team? Well, I live. I my I, it is Toronto because I live in Toronto, and there people in Toronto are very big diehard fans, even though Toronto has struggled. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, that's why we had to have that sixty-seven cup game in there. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the that was important though because you know it showed that Sawchuck was so much of a impact player that you know he could move different to another team and and still win a cup. So and it was nice to have him have a victory at the end, you know, towards the end, even if it wasn't um, the life changing victory that it is in some some films. I'm certainly not criticizing films that end <laughs> happiness. <laughs> they're, no, they're no, great. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think anybody's taken it that way. So, so yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Um. So then, um, as a Leafs fan, I guess do you have any any predictions for this year? Are you guys gonna go deep, or who do you think's gonna win the cup? You know, uh, anything and everything. Um. I really don't know. I can't really say anything about Toronto because I can't. This is super, <laughs> It's not even superstition. It's just sometimes you get your hopes up and you're like, this is it. This is going to be the year. And then doesn't really happen. Right. <laughs> and you're, but you're Washington capitals. So you're like, you got a guy now, Ovechkin, who's trying yeah. to break that 
he's trying to get to he's trying to get to 700 shots am i right 700 goals yeah and he's yeah. at like 698 and now everyone just keeps giving him a hard time because he's been there <laughs> for a while <laughs> Right, right. And the, well, the team, um, you know, the Caps have struggled as of late, but, uh, you know, I have faith that they're going to be able to turn it around. Um, you know, I think that we have the good personnel. So, you know, well, uh, I'm very hopeful for the Caps, too. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ovechkin's going to score those two goals. I have no doubt in my mind. So, uh, I think the team just needs to concentrate on winning games and the goals will come from there. But um, there's tons of time. He has tons of time. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and he's a consistent player, so absolutely. he should be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I even know I I yeah I know him, so he must be pretty consistent. Right, right. <laughs> uh, well, hey Adriana, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Um, go ahead and uh, you know. Plug away uh, if you want to give us some details on the film and, and you know, how to find it or, if you, or, you know, Twitter. Go ahead and just plug the shit out of yourself here. Okay, well, uh, I'm on Twitter at 80mags, A-D-E-Y underscore M-A-G-G-S. And I will keep everybody updated. There's also Dark Star Pictures, which is on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and everywhere, and they will keep everybody updated on where you can find this film. I mean, you'll definitely be able to find it on iTunes, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it on the streaming services too. I just don't have the answers to that yet. So if you, and there's a Terry, there's a Terry Sachuk goalie Facebook page too. That'll keep, we will keep it that updated with information. Awesome. Awesome. Caps fans. I'm telling you what, um, go out. Get get this movie, see it, um, you know, stream it at home. Go see it if you're near a place that that is showing it. Um, you will not be disappointed. It's it's really well done, and uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked seeing the 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 game from maybe a little bit of a different uh, perspective than than the normal. You know, like like you said, Adriana, like the the good guys always win at the end. You know, type uh, type of movie. So. Caps fans, go see it for sure. It's goalie. Uh, it's about Terry Sawchuck. Make sure you go and support this movie. Adriana, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you so, so much for having me. All right, Caps fans. I hope you enjoyed that interview between... Me, the Hockey Troll, and Adriana Mags, the director of Goalie. I had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed the movie. Go out and buy it on DVD or get it on your digital streaming services uh, on February the 25th. Next or Upcoming on this Thursday's episode, we'll get back into Caps Hockey We'll do our Washington wraparound, and we will have the triumphant return of Polly Cupcakes. Until then, it's a Hockey Troll, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at CupcakePolly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram.
Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.